culture. I, I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. <laughs> it's Corners of the Culture with D-Lo and KC. Welcome into Corners of the Culture. I'm D-Lo, he's KC, and this podcast is meant to touch every corner that makes up our culture, black culture, hip-hop culture. KC, going back 49 years ago, man, the whole idea of this podcast came up last year when we realized that we're approaching the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Wow. What could we do to honor that? What could we do to celebrate that? We thought, well, we got a couple of years to put this thing in motion, and Actually, starting a year early as today, August 11th, is considered the birthday of hip hop. Mm. August 11th, Bronx, New York, <laughs> Bronx, the boogie down. I, I'm just, I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, uh, first of all, you know, I'm enthralled with New York City. I love New York City, I love New York City culture. And like, when I see documentaries or I read books about, the birth of hip hop. I'm just like, I like teleport. And I could just imagine like being in that, in that area, being that, in that bodega, <laughs> you know, when they're like, yo, you need to check out, we having this party around the corner and like some cool things going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like you, I can't even explain it. You just got to come check it out. And Man, it seems like such a dope time. It's crazy because, like, that was a crazy time in in the Bronx, like, crime-wise and all this other stuff. So that's not dope. But, like, that, the birth of that and being on the forefront of all that, I always think about that. And when I see, like, stories about it, it's just, for whatever reason, it's, like, nostalgic to me Mm -hmm. to, to hear about that. Well, it's fascinating understanding the origins, understanding the origins of this like art form that we've grown to love so much. And mm-hmm. when you, it was it, you, you talk about the struggles of New York City at the time, man. It, this was a, this was like a getaway. Like hip hop, what became hip hop was live performance. And the thing that always, <laughs> the thing that always fascinates me was, like I know why your birthday is July twenty second. Right. I know why my birthday is August 13th, but why is hip hop's birthday August 11th? Like this isn't the first time anybody had played music. It's all, you know, kind of taken back to 1520 Sedgwick Avenue with 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 uh, Cool Herc and the back to school party. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, cool. Like, there's no way that was DJ Cool Herc's first party. <laughs> So how did we land on August 11th being the, you telling me this is the first time he spun a break beat record twice. You're telling me this is the first time we started rocking with break beats and there was dancers. And I think the consensus is it's not necessarily the first hip hop party, mm-hmm. but it was the biggest hip hop party. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that everybody remembers. And they remember the sound that DJ cool hurt created with those, uh, with those turntables and those speakers at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue, and, and I think that's everyone kind of settles on. Okay, well, you've got to have a, you got to have a date to trace trace history back to. Mm-hmm. Let's trace it back to that back to school jam because there's flyers for it. Like yeah. there's a history that takes you back to August 11th. So I guess it's as good of a start day as any. Though I'm guessing uh, it had been around probably for a little while longer. Well, well, like to that point, like the birth date isn't the same as like me or you, right? Or any human, it could have been around, you know, for weeks, months, maybe a year, but hip hop was born Mm -hmm. on that day. 
right? You know what I'm saying? This is when it's like, yo, this is when it was born. I talk about this all the time. And it's not the same thing, but we talk about, you know, in sports and the Golden One Center. And the biggest moment, in my opinion, was Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting that game winner against the Lakers in 2019 or something like that. And I said, that's when the Golden One Center was born, far from the first game. Sure. But the way it went crazy, and that was the first moment. That was the, the Golden One Center's birth in the city of Sacramento for that game for me. And that's probably like what they talk about with hip hop. You know, that that August 11th, that back to school party was like, yo, we're here. This is this is something special. Yeah, I think I hold, I heard uh, Cool Hurt tell a story where like you'll b- run into everyone of a certain age in New York, and they'll all tell you they were there. When oh, yeah, thirty thousand people at that party, yeah, dude, every everybody was there. There's at least thirty thousand people there. You could have had that party at the Garden if you listen to some of these stories. They come out of New York, but from what I, I think there was like 40, 50 people there. It was, it was like that, like that was getting down to James Brown break beats and yeah. you know following the lineage of this whole process, like the importance of the break beats and you start to connect things together in that night, you know, they'll tell you it was James Brown and James Brown on the loop and you find that break. Beat and that's what everybody gets down to. And that's what everybody likes to dance to. And Hurt recognizes that. So he hits the break beat once, hits the break beat twice, the break beat a third time, a fourth time. And he's running it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like in my head, like we know what mixing sounds like now. So we're we're envisioning the sound of a DJ up there cutting up bah, 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 seamless little stretch bah, 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 into another seamless little stretch. Yeah. When people are honest about it, it was clunky because <laughs> there's no headphones. There's no like sound. It's just like breakbeat. All right. I know I'm in the general vicinity. Breakbeat. I know like me on the ones and twos. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much sound like an untrained dude on two turntables trying to make the sound. But that it. it Hurt knew that that's what kept the party going. And that, like, you know, we talk about the birth of hip-hop, and hip-hop has always been, like, DJing, emceeing, dancing, and graffiti. Mm -hmm. And I think it's evolved quite a bit since then, and that's really going to be, like, part of what this podcast is, is the the, the evolution of the hip-hop culture and how it's grown so much bigger than that. But you get two of those right out the gate. You get the DJing, and then you get the dancing. You get the break dancers. And when people put together, like, they're called break dancers because they were breaking to the beat. Mm. You could they, they were dancing to that break beat. You see people's eyes get big, like, oh, okay. Now you're starting to put the different elements of the culture back to that, back to that one night on right. August 11th and 73. And what always trips me out when, when I think about hip-hop and the birth of hip-hop is, like, the actual words didn't come for a while. <laughs> when you talk about hip hop, like the lyrics and everything, that didn't come for a while. And the thing that always trips me out is, even when that came, that wasn't supposed to be the star. <laughs> that, that's right. You know, yeah. they, they were just the, the uh, um, they were the 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 puffy. They were just hitting the ad libs and saying things. The star was the DJ. Yeah. And for that to be the origin of it, always kind of trips me out. Yeah, I mean, and it was like that for a long time. Like, uh, you know, you trace it back to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Like, Grandmaster Flash is the DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, you can even fast forward to the first rap record to win a Grammy. It's DJ Jazzy Jeff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Fresh Prince. Like, Jeff, the DJ, went first. It was always, you know, the DJ is kind of at the, the forefront of this thing. And I, I'm not sure who... 
I, I don't know if it is or it isn't, but Coke LaRock, if you ever watch the uh if you ever watch that evolution series, that hip hop evolution series yeah. on 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 Netflix, yo, Coke job, man. if we're calling Coke LaRock the first MC in hip hop, yo, I'm with it. <laughs> I like that dude jumps off the page to me and he's got those big glasses and he's talking about hotel motel. You don't tell. I don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> and diving into that a little bit further, you realize a lot of those dudes got raps like similar to like F- FM DJs, like like mm-hmm. black, like 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 stations like black radio stations black djs like they were like now we associate a black radio station oh that that's that's the hip-hop station mm-hmm. they were really the black station like that's exactly mm-hmm. what they were and that's they were you know frankie crocker comes to mind uh he's one of those dudes who just has one of those smooth little raps where you come in and talk like this and put a little twist on it and a little damp on this and a pump on that and we're gonna keep it moving here on mm-hmm. wshj and a lot of the first MCs, that's how they were talking. Like they were rapping like FM DJs were. Mm-hmm. And Coke LaRock, one of the first, I think um Melly Mel was the one who jumped on board first with, with Grandmaster Flash. Cause Grandmaster Flash couldn't he did he admittedly he was like, That's not me. Like, that's not what I can contribute. Right. He was the first one. Grandmaster Flash was the first one who took the hurt, the turntables and the clunky sound and tried to clean it up. By doing the merry-go-round, like yeah. by seamlessly moving from the break beat to the break beat to the break beat to the break beat and making it sound a little bit cleaner, because he used the, you know, he famously used the crayon to to mark where the break beat started, so he didn't have to. That he was didn't have to guess. Genius, he could just watch it, right? Because I don't know. To be honest with you, like I know how they did it because you you listen to the music, but I don't know how they did it before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Before they could do that, and I have like a. A DJ application on my on my phone or whatever, right? Where I got turntables and all this other stuff, and I can I can see it. But you take yourself back then, where it's just blind, it's just kind of hearing and knowing where the song is and what's going on. And like you said, the headphones it was a little clunky, so you're kind of listening to it in real time. And you're like, oh, okay, change it now or whatever. And him just saying, well, let me put this crayon right here. Mm-hmm. Let me just draw this mark right here, and that's going to tell me where I need to be genius in my opinion like yeah like genius he would roll it backwards like he would count backwards so if the break beat went for four spins on the record or you think normally it's three spins on the record one two three mm-hmm. he'd take the other record let it go three spins and count the other one back past the crayon one mm-hmm. two three pop i'm ready to go with the second one and they would extend break beats that would last you know james brown have a break beat that lasts 18 seconds 20 seconds mm-hmm. they turn it into a five minute record right <laughs> they right. turn it into a five minute song <laughs> to keep the record hot and then that's where you get like the coke laroques and and the melly Mel's and the uh dj creoles and those guys coming in who can talk over the mic and i think it was the furious five who created the they had like the first live show that really brought that really brought like the rap aspect into it mm-hmm. like it was always you know, there were different kind of DJs. There was like Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash. And then there was like the DJ Hollywood types. Right. So it's it's, it's funny, like even it and it's even in its like inception in, in birth, like there was the vision in hip hop. Like yeah. you didn't know it at the time, but even at the birth of hip hop, there was the division. There was like the the breakbeat types, which was, you know, Grandmaster Flash and, and, and Herc. But then there was DJ Hollywood, who's who's often credited for um 
being, you know, he he had that kind of FM DJ rap and he would do the music, but he wasn't doing breakbeats. He was doing disco music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's funny about that to me, and you and I have discussed this on the radio many times, is DJ Hollywood is far closer to what the start of hip hop was than Grandmaster Flash or 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 Cool Herc. Right. Because it, it, even though it's not necessarily the first hip hop song, the first hip hop record, it they all all of the hip hop records of that time sound the same. Sugar Hill Gang, it's rapping over at Good Times. Right. It's a disco right. record. Like right. that's DJ Hollywood. That's not Cool Herc. That's not right. Grandmaster Flash. That's rapping over a disco record, which was still hot at the time. And then, like for what we deem is hip hop and lyrics and all this other stuff. You can you can make the argument. I'm not making the argument. You can make the argument that might be the birth of hip hop. You can make the argument. I'm not making. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Would you say I'm a broadcast journalist? You're a broadcast. You can make the argument because hip hop has never really gone back to like how it started. It's never gone back to the to just the DJ and all. It's not yeah. really gone back to that. It's always from from Sugar Hill Gang on. Yeah. What about the lyrics? No, that I mean that's a that's a hundred percent like Sugar Hill Gang changed everything. Like they they, they it, it was, um, you know, Sylvia Robinson comes in. The, the the way the story is told is hip hop was always a live form of entertainment, and you know I think there's a great episode of I think it's called Drunken History, Drunk History, where Quest Love is telling the story of of hip hop, and they tell it through like famous actors it's it, it, it's extremely entertaining but quest love is telling the story how sylvia robinson walks in and you know she's she's hearing and and, and i think it's african bombada mm. she's hearing african bombada mm. mix and the rap that's going with it and she goes yo this is dope yo we should make a record together and the dj looks over at her and goes no <laughs> and then just goes back to doing what they're doing it was it was it was always a live art form and <laughs> the story goes sylvia robinson goes into uh crispy crust pizza mm -hmm. where, where big bank hank is working and and he i guess he's I, he happens to be rapping when she walks in or whatever and he raps for her and she can you do you know anyone else who can rap and that's where wonder mike came from that's where the sugar hill gang came from and that's how Rapper's Delight was born. They went into a studio. Again, the way the story is told, they went into a studio, had a live band. And I think this was always the 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 the, the issue with Sylvia Robinson and, and and some of the other people. Sylvia wanted to eliminate the DJ. Mm. Sylvia wanted yeah. like, we'll, we'll have a band. Like we're gonna we're not doing it the 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 cool Herc style. Right. We're gonna do it the DJ Hollywood style. And if DJ Hollywood is playing good times and people are rapping over good times, then I'm going to get this live band in here to rip off Sheik's song. And we're not going to have to pay royalties on it for like a decade and a half or two right. until people right. figure out how royalties. She, work. she, she was definitely uh, in tune with the music business yeah. side yeah. of it all. That's the music business. So let's, let's get away with stealing something where we don't have to pay somebody <laughs> the best yeah. we can. There was a stretch in the 90s where like, oh, all Diddy do is sample records. He ain't making nothing. He said <laughs> the first hip hop record literally just went to the band and said, hey, you know the song Good Times? Yep. Play that. <laughs> play that. They're going to rap over it and we're going to keep it moving. That's how the Sugar Hill Gang was going. They, they, I mean, the the uh, everyone is familiar with Apache. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think Apache was made far more famous by the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's what I got to it. <laughs> that 
that dun, 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 dun. That's that's a record called Apache mm-hmm. by the, the, the I think it's the, uh, the 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 bongo house rock or something like that. Like she did the same thing with that record that she did with Good Times, and she didn't even change the name of this one. She was like, "No, just call it Apache." It was using that in the clubs already. People were rapping them. No, just call it Apache. No, that's fine. It's ours now. It's good. It's good. You know, when I when I think back to it though, and I think about you know the. August 11th, birth of hip hop. I'm just, I'm just saluting our culture and our people right now. Cause what a, what an ingenious way to make music, Mm. like to hear a song and to hear a certain part of it and make a song out of that. First of all, to even think about like, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? You, I, I would think at that time, it's just that's the song, and that's that's what it is. James Brown got a song, that's the song. And we had guys in our culture, ladies and gentlemen, that came and was like, You see this part right here? This 10 seconds right here? Now this is the part, and I'm gonna make this a song. Mm-hmm. The 10 seconds, what? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna turn that into a song, and then to flip that, somebody's like, I'm gonna say my own words over that 10 seconds that you just keep playing over and over. To me, it's just, it's genius. It really is. To me, it it is genius. It, it, you know, it 100% is. And it's also, you know, hearing a song saying, I'm going to take, you know, that 10 seconds, that 12 seconds, and I'm going to make a record out of it. It's not just a random 10 seconds in the song. It's not just the breakbeat in the song. Mm -hmm. It's song. It's the part of the song that everybody at the party is reacting to. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a reaction to what you're seeing and like, Oh man, the party really picks up on this part. Yeah. But then that part ends. All right, run it back run it back again. Let's, let's, let's turn this, let's turn this 12 seconds into 24 seconds, into two minutes, into three minutes, into whatever we can. Cause whatever that vibe, this part of the James Brown record created, whatever part of the vibe, whatever vibe, this part of the Apache record created, right. we, we, we want that to keep going. That's musical genius, man. It is musical genius that these young kids at the time had no idea what they were. They were just going off of vibes. We talk about vibes today. They mm-hmm. were just going off of vibes of, oh, my 10 people love when this part happens. You know, so that's it's just a good vibe when that when that happens. Let me turn that, like you said, 10 into 30, 30 into a minute. And this is how I'm going to do it. I, I would... Man, how do I get that to play over and over again? I'll figure it out. When the record does this, like, this is genius stuff. <laughs> this is genius stuff. And that's why I always, like, get flustered. And I understand, like, when 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 maybe people that are older than us talk about hip-hop and, and the beats and all, they're like, that's not real music, you know, because they're not using instruments or whatever. And then but I'm like, no, man, like, you got to salute the genius of what these people are doing and, and the the ear that they have and the vision that they have to take this sound. And in some respects nowadays, like this computer generated sound and turn this into a song, turn this into a melody or something. It's genius, man. It really is. And you're taking stuff people already like, like you're taking records you already know, like mm-hmm. work. And I mean, 
sampling has been around for it it, it it was never it was never like stealing and manipulating it was like yo let's do something with this mm -hmm. like if you check out our social channels and see our um our sample spotlight and how you're able to take one piece of a song but integrate it into a in, in into your work to where it sounds completely different mm -hmm. and it brings the song to life or it brings a different life uh to the song like it's the, the evolution of hip hop, that's one part of it that's never changed. No. That that part of 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 hip hop has never changed. Damien is essentially paying homage to that song. Mm -hmm. like, this song is so hot, like I have to have it and then I'll put my own spin on it. But it's not like I don't I don't know anybody or I haven't seen anybody, any you know, people that talk about any producers and DJs that talk about using a sample. Saying this song was trash, but I I took this part and made it. No, they're all like, yo, this I was listening to this and I was vibing. I went and I heard this part and then I I used it, you know, or I heard this part and it's got the party going. It's paying homage to me. That's how I look at it, paying homage to that song. And it always the sampling always has like a and understandably so, because then money got involved and royalties got involved and it had a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. But I always looked at it as just paying homage to something that you're hearing and then using that as a springboard for your own vision. Yeah. And it was a while really before, before that changed and you started getting producers creating like their own sound and, you know, Rick Rubin deserves a, a, a ton of credit for that. And, and, and the launch of Def Jam deserves a ton of credit for that. Cause they, they, they bring in, not that they didn't have their own samples in there because they absolutely did, but they were always, you know, trying to mimic something, especially that early Def Jam sound with the huge, you know the big bass and the hard drum like that mm -hmm. that it, it, it always had such like a such a, a a hard sound and so much like you know it, it, throughout you know, throughout the, the 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 life of this podcast you know we'll venture over to the west coast and how different the west coast was from new york because we ain't left new york yet no. like we're, we're talking about dj we the bronx though. have we left the bronx yet I don't think so. I don't think so. We haven't crossed the bridge yet. Yeah, yeah. We've 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 mentioned African Bombada and 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 and, and it, it, I mean maybe DJ Hollywood is a little outside the Bronx, but we we mentioned DJ Hollywood and 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 Herc and and, and Grandmaster Flash. This this all in a this all in like a ten mile cluster right here. Of DJs, check this out, which is crazy in itself, right? Can you imagine? We're here. We're for those that hear us, we're located in, in Sacramento, California. Then the people in Sacramento will get this, but follow me. Take every little section of your own city, right? And we're let's say we're just both in in Roseville, and somebody's like, "Have you heard what they're doing in Oak Park? <laughs> like they're." They're kind of they're making this music. Like, what are you talking about? They're making this music, yeah. and just you're you can get to the place in like ten minutes, but they're creating this whole subculture of music. It it wasn't like when we talk about it right now. Like when we broke it down to you know the every minute part of it, it wasn't like all of New York. It's mm -hmm. like no, the Bronx has this thing that they're doing right now. What do you, what do you mean yeah. <laughs> they're doing so like that's that's nuts to me too right there that like just one little part of the city was creating this whole thing with all these legends and all these people that ended up being legends. And the Bronx ventured over to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn ventured over to Queens, and and you start encompassing these different 
these different boroughs in New York, which is funny because the early hip hop feuds were between the boroughs. Yeah. Nobody thinking about California. Wasn't nobody thinking about East and West and Los Angeles. Nobody. Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody was thinking about the South or Atlanta or, 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 or New Orleans. It was it was just the boroughs in New York City yeah. that were that were kind of bringing to life this this form of music. So let me ask you something right here on on corners of the culture. I need to know, Damien, are you going to give rappers the light, the respect that it deserves? It's not as bad as people make it out to be. No, and you don't have to try to sugarcoat this by saying people. You're talking about me. This, this, This ventured from a discussion of... I don't think the song is good. Like I, I respect its place in history. Like I respect what rappers delight is. And I also understand, like, if you go back to, uh, you know, like the, the I, I think the fat back band came out before rappers delight did, but it's, 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 it's the same type of sound. It's a disco sound. It's kind of an R and B sound, but you have a guy. I'm, I'm, I put the Roz in your eyes, put the face <laughs> in your face. Like that's what that stuff like sounded like back then. But I don't think Rapper's Delight is a good record. Like it does nothing for me. We rock, Scooby Doo. But guess what? Like it just doesn't. It doesn't but I'll say me. this. This is, and this was always my argument. I understand what you're saying, but. I've always said when you talk about like how they're they're rhyming the words, yep, not that different than <laughs> glass everywhere. No, see that's it's not that different. Is now here's the thing that I think people Have you ever went over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good. <laughs> Yo, that's that's a lot different than <laughs> but, uh, but a child no, let me tell you state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. I'm gonna tell you what it is. It is where it came from. No, I I get it's that. Where it came, no, but but the difference between the two isn't the 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 lyrics or the 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 rapping per se. This rapper's delight thing was just that was orchestrated, that was uh, manufactured or whatever. There is a uh, there is a rawness to broken glass. Every we say right now, they in the streets. They talking about what's in the streets. Rapper's delight was somebody that somebody saw what was going on in the streets and then made it in a nice little safe place. You know what I mean? It almost took advantage of it. Right. No, that's exactly what they did. I mean, the, the, you know, one of my issues with it is I think it was, I think it was big bank Hank. I think it was the pizza man who got his rhymes from grandmaster cast from the cold cush brothers. I remember hearing that. Yeah. And when you hear like in it, in like, I'm trying to envision, cause I don't, I, I, I there's uh I'm the C-A-S-N, the E-V. Like, he spells Kaz's name. Like, damn, you didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even change it. Like, wait a minute. You're Big Bang Hank out here talking about, I'm the C-A-S-N, the V-E. I'm like, wait, what? what? Hold on a second. And I'm trying to, like, envision, because I've heard, like, you 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 search the Cold Crush Brothers and you find, like, that grainy sound mm-hmm. from, from what they did in clubs and in battles. It doesn't sound like that. So that's what I'm trying to figure out if it's the if it's the the actual lyrics or the guy delivering the lyrics. Like is it the, the, the rhymes or the rhymer? Because I can't envision Grandmaster Cass sounding like Big Bank Hank did. Right. And that's almost certainly, like you said, that's by design. 
right. that's to put it in a safe spot because we're we're not just trying to make a record and we're not just trying to make a record for black people mm -hmm. we're trying to make a record that everybody will buy we're right. trying to make a record that frankie crocker will play on the radio because that's what you used to do back in the day you used to take a record to a dj and say well you play this if you had a relationship with him too we'll play it mm -hmm. and I, I that's that's the thing i've never been able to reconcile with that song because i know those lyrics aren't his right and i know the dude who wrote those lyrics is right. like he is bad right I don't know why that and, and i can't quite place why that disconnect is there for me could have been one of those things and maybe this was this is later on in hip-hop but where he he was kind of asked to dumb it down you know and to yeah. make it a certain way it, it make it sound a certain way mm -hmm. you know what i mean as opposed to uh what he would give as, as kevin hart would say that real rap raw you know right. <laughs> he's like i can't we can't play that on the radio if you if you give us that real rap raw you know what i'm saying like give us you know, I mean, give us that. Yeah, and they had that. I mean, that and it worked. Mm -hmm. Like the record went out there, all 15 minutes of it. It was getting played mm -hmm. on the radio. It was getting sold. Like people have always said, the um, accounting of Sugar Hill Records was probably a little sketchy, and there may have been some records being sold out of the trunk in addition to some records that were being sold in the record store. So no one knows exactly uh how many records that sold they didn't register for um that service that monitors that type of things they were too cheap to do it they they weren't but everybody recognizes sugar hill gang's place and rappers delights place in hip-hop like it's important it's just from a song standpoint it's not going to get played at my party <laughs> not getting played in mine either. No, I mean the message might. Why? I mean, I could. There, the there, are, there are to this day. Though. There are records from that time that will get played. Yeah. African Bombada. Oh, Planet and, Rock. Come on, man. Which, which? Think about that again. That what goes an, hard today. What an entirely different sound that is. Mm -hmm. From what we, you know, whether you went, whether you went the James Brown route and the Cool Herc and the in in the Grandmaster Flash route. Or you went the the DJ Hollywood uh, Sugar Hill Gang route. African Bombada, Bombada don't sound like any of that. No, no. I was like, where this dude from? Yeah, that, that what planet? What planet is this guy from? Yeah, that's ex <laughs> that's exactly it. He he was like the um, he was like the Parliament Funkadelic version of, of that holy yeah, trinity of hip hop, where he was just out there, kind of on his own, and he didn't sound like anything else you were hearing. Let me ask you a question. And you've been in the music business, so I think you could tell me that. And we're being, I think when we ask this question, we're being respectful of other genres that have come out. Has there been a new genre created like hip-hop since hip-hop? And what I mean by that is, you know, you have your technos and your house and all that. And it's, it's still kind of just a play on a different, wherever they get them, if it's hip-hop beats or whatever, it's just a different play. It's either sped up or it's... A, whatever i feel like hip-hop was the last genre of music that was that was literally birthed in this you know era you know what i mean it was the last genre of music that was born that had this type of cultural impact and longevity mm. like again you know on august 11th today the day this podcast drops we're celebrating the 49th birthday of hip-hop we're headed to the 50th anniversary of this art form I, the only one that I would say 
was born but died was for a period in like the mid 90s there was that grunge rock sound mm. from seattle it was mm. a sound and cobains and, and guys and like that, that. but that's it though it was a sound and it was a look and it was headed by kurt cobain mm. and nirvana and then when kurt cobain killed himself i feel like the whole genre of music died mm. like no one there was no one and nothing there to take it to the next place, to take it to the next step. There was no one there to do anything with it. All right. And when Kurt Cobain, and it's still a stretch to say that that would have worked, but I, I, I of, of everything in the last 49 years, I think that's the closest because that was, that was something you could see. It was very, very young at the time. Kurt Cobain died. Like it was a few years old, but that's the only thing that I could say is even measurably close. And again, What's that? Th three years, two, two, three years, and then it was it was gone. And but I'll and I'll even say this, and you tell me if there's a difference or not. That was that was a um, how do I put it? That branched off rock, just just rock. Like it branched off rock, and it did its own thing. Sure. Hip -hop, what did hip hop branch off of? Would you say like soul or like Punk, yeah R and B yeah, yeah soul like it 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 partying mm -hmm. like what got played at the party you know sure. what I mean like sure. that's I think that's how yeah, it you're using those songs a little bit yeah too. like yeah. what whatever whatever you know party was happening on the block with black people that was that was it that's mm -hmm. that's what it spun off of um, but in this in the same vein though it it spun off and it evolved like it, right. like, like right. Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin helped it evolve into something else. Right. And people took the, uh, the, the, uh, the mantle from those guys. And we saw it evolve, you know, out on the West coast with, with mm -hmm. NWA. And then obviously into the Dr. Dre sound of the early nineties. Like and Wu-Tang wasn't party music. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, and that's why Wu-Tang deserves their flowers. They were in, they were a different, type of hip-hop at that time like they were they were grimy they were they were they were more <laughs> you want to gutta and like krs1 was mm -hmm. you know krs1 still like oh y'all know what i'm listening to i'm listening to hip-hop i'm listening to rap that's krs1 when you listen to wu-tang for the first time it was legit like yo what the fuck is this <laughs> like the first time i heard wu-tang it was like this is not like anything i've ever heard before yeah this is there's nothing like this yeah. and they were they were they were a whole they you know they i don't know that they get their flowers enough for the oh, this town that they created yeah yeah and they and they're like you listen to wu-tang and it's like man these dudes are are the grimiest dudes on earth <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i'm saying like wow these guys should and, and none of them were like gangsters they were just like mcs and they just they grew up in a rough part, but you you would swear like yo these are the these are the meanest rawest dudes ever. And they were just musicians who had this like weird. Well, some of them were a little hood. Uh, but... well, and I remember hearing the story of Meth, and, and I think Arisa had to be like, "Stop doing this for a year." Well, you know what's funny, and, uh, <laughs> and and I promise you, if it doesn't work, you can go back to it, but. Just stop for a year. I'll have to look up his name. I don't know if I could do it this quick, but I, I, I know that there's a record out there from RZA 
under like he they he had like he was on a record prince rakeem mm. he dropped a record under the name prince rakeem which was essentially like a I'm going to stop short of calling it like a new Jack record, but it was a R&B pretty boy type rap. RZA did this? RZA. Yeah. But his, oh. na- but it, his name was Prince Rakeem and, <laughs> and, and it, it was awful. Like it was, it, 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 it was everything that you would think it was, it was terrible. Yeah. And uh, you know, his record label wasn't doing anything, you know, with him. He, he, he asked out and then that's when he got into like that that Shallon stuff and that Bruce Lee. And then that's where that whole, that whole Wu Tang thing came from and and came names, RZA, Jizza, Ghostface Killer. Method's name is unfortunate because I I get, I think he was named for the amount of like meth and weed he would smoke. They called him Method Man. (laughs) And looking at all of them, realizing where Method Man is now. Oh man. Is that dude still? He made made it out no more. (laughs) He made it out. Method Man making TV shows, man. He's good. Wow. I I say all that to say it, it, you know, the it it spawned off of, like you said, soul and funk and stuff like that. And then just created so many subsections of itself to the point where it became its own genre, its own entity. Like it's Hip hop is its own. It's not. Um, it's almost like not. It is. We know it is, but it's almost not part of funk or R and B. Like it's it's hip hop. It stands alone now, and there's so many subsections within hip hop now. Um, I I just don't. The original question. I, I've never. I've never been alive to see that. Since then, mm-hmm. I think all we see now is the evolution of existing forms of music. Mm-hmm. Um, even hip hop to this day um, evolves. Like we've mm-hmm. seen, obviously the hip hop there, there is there there isn't a sound that you equate to. Have you ever went over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like that anymore. Some would argue it sounds better. Some would argue it sounds worse. Now there's like sub genres, sub genres of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like hip hop has gotten so big, you've got different versions of it. You've got the you know, the 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 Kanye's or the Jays or the Kendrick's or or the J. Cole's, but then you got, you know, mumble rapper. You got you 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 got Migos, which mm-hmm. doesn't sound like any of those guys that I just named. Like mm-hmm. you have you have different you have different subsets, you have different subgenres of hip hop now. And then you have you, you had pop, you know, pop smoke before he passed and the drill mm-hmm. sound that was, you know, and that came over from I think like london or you know what i'm saying something like that and they brought it to new york and that took over for a minute that was and it still is like and it's but it it, it all comes back to the hub right of hip-hop it's just all different sounds and different ways of doing it but it all comes back to the hub of hip-hop and and what was created on august 11th Hopefully you're digging what you're listening to here on Corners of the Culture. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Share the podcast on social media with a friend. Shoot your episode out uh, in a group chat. We'll be bo- dropping these uh, every single Thursday. Uh, and, and it's not going to just center on, uh, like, we're not going to go through this timeline of the birth of hip-hop and the evolution of hip-hop. Like, we're going to touch on uh, different forms of, you know, like we said at the beginning, our culture, black culture, hip hop culture, like we're going to touch on all of that. Like next week, we'll talk about Nipsey Hussle mm. and we're not breaking down 
the marathon mixtape and we're not breaking down victory lap and it's not really an examination of his music it's an examination on the incredible cultural impact mm -hmm. that nipsey hustle had mm -hmm. um, the and, and and i think it 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 all centers on that mantra that you love so much the marathon continues yes because there aren't many yeah. people that can't relate to that right yeah all walks of life subscribe rate and review on whatever podcast form that you're on uh share this with your friends share it on social media follow kc at imk diddy and uh follow me at damien barling we've got the sample spotlight uh brought to you by luke belair the number one selling sparkling wine in the country uh that we want you to ch ch check out there's some there's some um music clearance issues when it comes to putting <laughs> stuff on a podcast so we can go ahead and put that stuff on on social media the sample spotlight uh for you to check out casey before we get out man let's take a quick uh look at this week in hip-hop history and it's going to tie in nicely by the way to to the sample spotlight which is available on our social channels obviously august 11th 1973 the birth of hip-hop cool her back to school jam August 13th, 1985, Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick Joe and Lottie Dottie on the B-side. Lottie Dottie, we love Stavati. What? Oh, hey, quick story about Dougie Fresh. Might have beef with him. One day we went to go see him at Harlow's and he was driving by and me and the Queen Bee, we were walking, you know, to the, to the entrance and he was driving by. He rolled down the window on the Queen Bee. I'm like, do you not see me here, Dougie Fresh? Wow. Just ignored you, <laughs> man. That's that's a cold world to live in right there. Beef with Dougie Fresh. That's tough. Wasn't expecting that in the first episode. Maybe <laughs> the second one. Wasn't expecting it in the first. August 14th, 2015, straight out of Compton hit theaters. One of the best musical biopics. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a tough one to follow. Like no Notorious, uh, the Tupac joint, All Eyes on Me. That didn't really hit the way that Straight Outta Compton hit. That was a, that was a, that was a tremendous movie. Tremendous actors. Everybody involved did a phenomenal job in that. Straight Outta Compton was um, was kind of a, a movement, like at a moment in time. Those other ones that you mentioned, uh, the Tupac joint and Notorious, and I actually like Notorious more than I thought I would. Maybe that's why I like it because I had such low expectations for it. It's mm -hmm. actually pretty good, but it wasn't a moment in time the way Straight Outta Compton was. You know, yeah. I don't know if that had to do with the movie itself or the marketing around it. Cause remember everybody had the straight out of wherever yeah. meme and all, but it hit hard. Um, I'll say Jackson jr. Was ice cube in mm -hmm. that movie. Yeah. What a phenomenal job by him. And um, my man that played uh, easy. -E, uh, yeah. He killed that. Yeah. He, he and Paul Giamatti's in it too, who's, who's yes. such a tremendous yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, it, uh, there's probably something to be said, unfortunately for the fact that Dre cube, Yella, Rand, they're here. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do an episode at some point, too. I don't know that Easy gets the recognition he deserves. Uh, Easy, I can make the argument, and we will when we talk about it, or I will. There ain't no NWA without Easy. Oh, that's mean that just in like he got everybody together. Him being Easy E is what is what helped. I'm not going to say the only thing, but it's what helped catapult nwa into what they became and 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 launching what is commonly referred to as gangsta rap if he uh, real real quick if he would have because you know they had to convince him to rap and like all right <laughs> just do it 
if he would have said no, like, I don't want to do it. I told you I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. It might not have happened the way we see it today. Matter of fact, I'm I'm willing to say it wouldn't have happened the way we see it today. Well, Boys in the Hood was such a such a game changer. I mean, like when you listen to the 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 the, the melody of that record, um, it was mimicked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the cadence, and even though the cadence is, especially if you watch the movie, was like an accident. <laughs> so it's. It, it, it's still there. Like yeah. you, you see it in uh, six in the morning. Police at my door. The yeah. Ice yeah. record. It's it's it has a similar cadence. And uh, yeah, I I agree with you one hundred percent. And I I was I was watching something on Easy the other day, thinking, man, a lot of people talk about Pac, and a lot of people talk about Big, or they'll talk about you know Rick Rubin and and, and Russell Simmons and Run DFC. I don't know that Easy gets the recognition he deserves, and I don't yeah. know. If he, he died so long ago or because NWA was really like, it's like, think about, we're talking about straight out of Compton. It was one album. Mm-hmm. Like the NWA that we know mm-hmm. that we, we love that we remember so fine. It was one record. Right. And Cube was out and that right. was it. And then Dre, and then Dre was gone and then it was all over. And then the chronic was out and all of this other stuff, you know, starts going on. But those are things that we'll dive into a couple of other notes here. August 8, 2006, our guy, Ricky Rose, mm-hmm. Port of Miami. Man, when he came out, that was, that was, uh, I was in college. I was graduating. And when he came out with the uh, Hustle remix with mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Oh, oh, man. I said, yo, first he of all, Jay-Z, I don't like, yeah, that's fucking And when he came, who the fuck you think you dealing with? I'm the so why don't my g4 hate i get lost that's that line starts many many days yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just wake up start who the fuck you think you fucking yeah i'm the fuck like just oh. it's so aggressive and it's like yeah yeah that's that that's like, like that's the ultimate the ultimate fire up song but that's the ultimate fire up line right and, there. and for me who you know i obviously he was on the scene and he was doing his thing for that was my introduction to Ross, like mm-hmm. that bar, that half bar, that line. It's like, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. He just said he the boss. Let me hear what he got to say. Man, Port of Miami was a fire album too, like fire, fire. I think it gets lost in the shuffle because I think Teflon Don and being uh, Trilla, mm-hmm. those two get those two get mentioned more. Um, and when you talk about his catalog as being, you know, his two greatest albums, but Port of Miami was, that was fire right there. It was fire, but Teflon Don is. Teflon Don is special. Uh, that Teflon Don, that's an all-timer. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, we, we talk about this throughout the podcast about kind of throwing around the label of a classic. Teflon Don is a classic. Oh, absolutely. It's a classic. Absolutely. And five years later, on that date, another classic dropped August 8, 2011. Uh, and this is the subject of the sample spotlight available at I am Kitty K Diddy and at Damian Barling uh, on IG. Watch the throne hits. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I remember when this dropped. Oh, man. Uh, watch the throne is just next level. It really is just next level. I think. Jay was, I'm not saying he's past his prime, but it, it was, it wasn't Jay in his prime, but I think you got peak Kanye mm-hmm. 
and about as close as you get to to peak Jay-Z as you can on the same album. And then some of those beats that was on Kanye was doing his thing. Uh, Swiss Beats was doing his thing. I mean, that album was a classic. It was indeed. (laughs) It was a classic. Uh, Hopefully this first episode of uh, Corners of the Culture was a classic as well. We hope that you'll be back with us uh, next week. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're going to be dropping um, different little excerpts. We're going to be dropping the main episode every Thursday, but... You never know. We have radio hits that could be hitting the feed. We have, uh, you know, an album may drop, a song may drop. Something may happen that we got to jump on and record a podcast right away. Uh, We could be recording multiple episodes throughout the week with the main episode dropping every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you dig what you're listening to, rate and review the show. Again, make sure you're following us at IMK Diddy, at Damian Barling. Check us out on the radio, sports fans, ESPN 1320. Uh, You can check us out on YouTube, Twitch, uh, the Odyssey app if you're in the Northern California area 1320 a.m we got you covered and we'll hope that you're back here next week for corners of the coach yeah